0: Okay, welcome to Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on all things Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat reporter for the Mercury News. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Go to rockauto.com to get all the parts you need for your car or truck at a reliably low price. I'll be joined by Charles Hamilton to talk more about another trade exception target later on. But yesterday I broke down the Locked On Podcast Network awards ballot. And some things that I disagreed with, but one of the things that predictably stood out was the absence of any Warriors players for the biggest awards. And so what would it take for the Warriors to be represented next year? That's the year that matters. That's the year where we expect the Warriors to be contenders once again. And with that status should be should come some some awards buzz, right? Should be some inclusion for on some of these ballots. And the obvious one we could go to is MVP. Will Steph Curry make an MVP bid? Because we went into this season expecting Steph to be in the running for MVP, right? Kevin Durant is gone. Klay Thompson is injured. Let's let's clear out and let Steph take over. That was what everybody was thinking. That's what Warriors fans wanted. And the Warriors certainly expected Steph to do a little bit more. Steph's a two-time MVP. We know he's capable of doing that, right? Steve Kerr is, has been saying for two years now, Steph's the best he's ever been, even beyond those two MVP campaigns. So if that much is true, he should be certainly in the mix for, for MVP. Now, I don't know if he would have stayed healthy. I mean, we do know. If he would have stayed healthy, he would not have competed with Giannis or LeBron for MVP this year, right? Those, just because the Bucks and Lakers are too good, the Warriors were never going to be that good with all the injuries they had and the rebuild that they that they went underwent going into the season, but he might have gotten some buzz the way that Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic and some of these other middling teams were getting some buzz. Um, next year, I think Steph could be in that mix. There's going to be the comeback narrative for Golden State. Um, we'll see if LeBron tapers off. I don't know that Giannis could realistically go for three straight MVP campaigns, but who knows? I mean, that guy's unbelievable. He keeps getting better every year. Kawhi will be in the mix again, obviously. Luka Doncic will take another leap. will probably be on most people's ballots next season. Who knows what's going to happen with Zion in year two, the way that, you know, things happened with Luka in year two. Jason Tatum can make a leap in Boston. Uh, Joel Embiid could stay healthy with Philadelphia, and if they get their act together, he could be involved. But all these guys have just as good a chance as Steph, or I should say Steph has as uh, good a chance as any of those other players. He really does. James Harden, Anthony Davis, I mean, they're going to be involved too. So what would it take for Steph Curry to be in the MVP mix? I think, you know, he's going to have to lead the league in scoring, I think. Um... Or at least be up there, you know. I, I think it's hard to almost <laughs> outscore James Harden anymore. I mean, he's just unbelievable on the offensive end, as far as just the with the usage and just how much he's shooting and all this stuff. What he does for the Rockets, I don't think Steph is ever going to touch that for the Warriors. There was some thought that maybe he could this year. I just that's not the way that the Warriors play. Steph's going to play off the ball. He's going to do all these things. But I think that Steph is also. Appreciated more by media by people who vote on this than than how they appreciate Harden. And I think that could give Steph an edge. So if he's like second in the league in points per game and the Warriors are end up as a top four seed, I think Steph definitely has a shot at at, at the MVP uh, next year. Maybe not winning it. I wouldn't bet on winning it, but he definitely has a shot at being in the top five on most people's ballots. The other awards are Defensive Player of the Year uh, and Draymond Green. Can Draymond get back to Defensive Player of the Year status? I have my doubts about that. Draymond at his age, what he's being asked to do, um, I just don't know that he can crack the top three when you have Giannis and Kawhi and Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid. Uh, You've got guys in the Eastern Conference who can make a leap like Jonathan Isaac and Bam Adebayo who are just young versions of Draymond Green at this point, uh, who are going to have that newness, right? Right. Uh, I think that there's an appreciation for Draymond, but I also think that the Warriors, they're going to need to post a top five defense in the league. I don't know that they get there next year. This team was bad defensively. I don't know. Like, if they were to take a leap from where they were this year to top five next year, or even top 10 next year, would be an incredible improvement. I mean, incredible. And the thing is, to do that, they're going to need to acquire new players, And so if they go out and get a center, if they go out and get a Marcus Saul who can help that defense, or they go out and use a trade exception on a player who's going to dramatically improve the defense, well then a lot of that credit to that improved defense is going to go to the new acquisitions and not as much Draymond Green. We know Draymond Green. We know he's still going to be the most important player for that team defensively next season regardless. But when it comes to voting, a lot of the credit will go to those guys where right now, when you look at Milwaukee... And, and Philadelphia and Utah. I mean, we know where their defense starts. We know the player that that defense uh, works around. And I don't know that you're going to be able to say that for Golden State next year, so I, I don't see Draymond Green necessarily cracking the Defensive Player of the Year ballots next year. Um, and then there's some other ones. Rookie of the Year. I mean, the Warriors are going to have a top-five pick, really good chance, that like guaranteed for top-five, decent chances that they can get number one, number two, number three. Like They're going to have an opportunity with whoever they take in the top five to have the rookie of the year. And if they if it works out the way I think it needs to work out, where that player can contribute right away and play a meaningful role, kind of be a 3-and-D type player, keep the ball moving on offense, um, not be a huge negative on defense, then that player is going to be on the floor a lot, and he's going to get points, and he's going to play for a, a big market team in Golden State that a lot of people are going to have their eye on. I think the Warriors have a really good chance of having next season's rookie of the year. Especially when you compare it to some other... Like, the Knicks aren't going to have the rookie of the year. Probably they're going to stink. I don't care that the hire they're going to stink. Um, you know, Phoenix, uh, Atlanta, Cleveland. I mean, these teams that can that can jump in the lottery. They're, they, these are bad teams. These are bad teams. And yeah, you can win rookie of the year when you're on a bad team. But like we're seeing with Memphis this year, John Morant, Brandon Clark, they're going to have two guys on the uh, maybe. You know, they they could have up to two guys depending on what happens with Zion. On the ballot, even with Zion, who's sensational, he played only 19 games, but the Pelicans are in the playoff race, so we give him a little bit more credit for that. So, if your team is in the playoff race, you're going to get a little more credit. And of those teams that are going to be at the bottom of the, or that are going to be picking high up in the draft, the Warriors have the best chance of getting back to the playoffs, and I think their rookie will have a really good chance at winning Rookie of the Year. Um, a couple other ones, Most Improved Player. You might be wondering who could possibly win Most Improved on the Warriors. Well, Andrew Wiggins. The Warriors traded for Andrew Wiggins. If he can somehow do what it is that Brandon Ingram did this year in New Orleans, and Brandon Ingram is going to win most improved player, he and he should, right? He deserves it. What he did from when between getting traded from the Lakers to the Pelicans was he didn't just get a better opportunity. He completely changed his game. His shot chart looks completely different than it did in LA. He is a more efficient player. He is much better defensively on a consistent basis than he ever was with the Lakers. If Andrew Wiggins make that similar uh, evolution, if he could become a more efficient scorer, and those efficiency numbers dramatically leap, and defensively he's giving a more consistent effort, and he's picking up point guards, and he's doing all these things, he's making a much more dramatic impact on the point of attack than he ever was in Minnesota, then he's going to get some buzz for most approved. He will. Absolutely. And then as far as sixth man of the year... The Warriors have two potentially players who can be in the mix for that. Eric Pascul is the obvious one. Earlier this week I talked about what Pascal needs to do this offseason going into next season to be part of their closing lineup and what he, and if he can develop into that sixth man and sort of replace Andre Iguodala in those lineups. If he could do that then he should be in the mix for sixth man of the year. We know he can score, right? So if he could be the versatile defender, ball mover and that three-point shot comes along, then he could definitely be in the mix for sixth man of the year. And also it depends on what the the Warriors do with the traded player exception here. Sixth man of the year usually goes to scorers. So if with the TPE, they end up acquiring somebody who's scoring, you know, 16 to 19 points per game or something like that, then absolutely that player will be in the mix for sixth man of the year. If indeed that player ends up coming off the bench for them, which I think that player probably will as long as it's not a center. So... Um, yeah, I think the, for the Warriors next year, we'll definitely be in the mix for some of these awards, especially if they, like we expect, take a leap and become contenders again next season. Charles Hamilton joins me next to discuss if the Warriors should target Rudy Gay with the trade exception. But when you aren't listening to On Warriors, start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Ax- Axios Today host Boodoo and a team of award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trends shaping our world and let's talk about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of vehicle makes and models, it can be impossible to stock all the parts you're, you need for your car, especially now while you might not be able to visit a traditional store. So do it easily online. RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low without the markup that you find at chain stores. Great news for me because I don't know a tail lamp from an ignition switch. So if you, uh, I don't think a tail lamp is is actually a thing. Tail light? I don't know what a tail light is. I don't know. Is it a tail lamp? I have no clue. If I walk into a car parts store, they're going to see sucker painted on my forehead. And they're going to charge me a ton for something I don't need. I don't have to worry about that with rockauto.com. Me versus my friend who's a car parts expert, we're going to get the same price on this website. So you don't have to worry about um, getting scammed. That's great. I love that. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there, in how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. That's really important. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're
1: never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied
0: the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive-thru for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm joined now by Charles T. Hamilton for another edition of our TPE Target series. This week we're looking at Spurs forward Rudy Gay, a veteran but still an able contributor. The Spurs could seek to rebuild this offseason and the Warriors could help them by taking Gay off their hands. He would also give them a stretch four to play alongside Draymond Green in the front court, similar to what Harrison Bar- Harrison Barnes provided, you know, a few years ago. Charles, what do you think of the Warriors using the TPE on Rudy Gay? You know, I am
1: not as high on the Rudy Gay move. I think, well, I'll, you know, I'll get your opinion, but you've mentioned him before, so I think you might be a little higher on him than I am. I personally would rather go with some youth, um, a classic wing, because Rudy Gay, at his age, he's thirty-two, and you know, he's had a, a nice bounce back. Thirty-three. Well, there you yeah, go. Yeah, he'll be and he'll be thirty-four <laughs> by the time next season starts. Well, there you go. Uh, he's had a nice bounce back from tearing his Achilles and all that, but he is a power forward at the moment. And let's also look at the, the fit with the roster. Um, Eric Paschal, you know, I know we think he can play some three, and he's I, you can do worse than him at, at small forward, but I, he's a four as well, in my opinion. That's his best position, at least. So as far as Rudy Gay is concerned, you could do worse definitely the the money fits uh right in there his three point shooting is up and down it it's kind of funny the last three years is a thirty one percent uh it's a there's a forty percent two years ago sandwiched by two thirty one percent so it it it's kind of all over the place uh depends what you get from him smart player obviously would fit as a veteran and you know we we have talked about the kind of why they haven't gone young for, you know, so long. Uh last year was kind of the first year was just because they prefer veterans who understand the game of basketball and that is Rudy Gay. He is a he would be a good fit as a person. Um his his basketball IQ, all that good stuff, but just another power forward, a 34-year-old power forward. Um I I just I'm not super into it. Um, yeah, I know I think, there's
0: no, go, no, go I mean, no like the age thing, the money thing, it's all it's all very important when you talk about the best utilization of the TPE. Um, but just as far as a basketball fit is concerned, you met, like the three point shooting there is, is an issue, but he's really good from the corners historically. Mm-hmm. And if that's where you're going to play him, you know, I mentioned Harrison Barnes at the top. Like if you play him in a similar role where he's spotting up from the corners, making smart cuts, occasionally trying to get his own shot in the mid range area like that's Rudy Gay's bread and butter, right? Like that's what he does. And at six eight two thirty, yeah, he is a, he is almost exclusively a power forward. But he's not; bar- he's barely playing any small forward anymore. In fact, he play he plays more center than he does small forward at this point. And I want to refer to an idea that John Hollinger, who does a show uh, with us, the Lockdown Podcast Network, Hollinger and Duncan, uh, he floated this in an article for the Athletic: the idea of playing Draymond Green. Uh, at center almost exclusively, like maybe at this point in Draymond's career where that three-point shot is clearly never coming back, maybe your best starting games with Draymond at center. If that's the case, then do you play Rudy Gay as you're starting four for the Warriors? If you're the Warriors, do you look for somebody like Rudy Gay who can do those things we were talking about? And now you have a starting lineup of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Rudy Gay, and Draymond Green. That to me is really interesting. You've got four players who can space the floor a little bit and a lot of guys who can do a lot of different stuff. Um, I think Rudy Gay is just versatile enough defensively to hold his own. And if you're bracketing him between Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, who's very switchable and proved to be a good defensive player in Golden State, and then obviously Klay Thompson. Um, and he's no slouch, Rudy Gay. Like, he's not incredible, but he's no he's not bad. Like, he's not a negative on that end either. So I think that's an interesting starting lineup. I want your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, it is Interesting. Um, I would still like I, I get it and you could do worse than Rudy Gay. But again, uh, the, you know, the youth conversation we've had, I would um, be more intrigued with with Pascal at the four and Draymond at the five. Mm-hmm. And I also think um, the the idea of Draymond being primarily a, a five or, you know, playing most of his minutes at the five at this point um, is a valid one. And I think we might even see that. But I also think Steve Kerr does love traditional bigs. Um, he especially likes to start games with traditional bigs. So then, you know, going small can be his, you know, the ace up his sleeve or, you know, so to speak. Sure. Um, but I do I do think so. Uh, the the idea of him pr- primarily playing five, I get it. I, I think that we might even see it. But I just think the idea of him being in the starting lineup at the five, you know, like the. um the Rockets are basically doing right now. I right. don't think we'll see that. And as far as Rudy Gay is concerned, yes, you can definitely do worse. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad seeing him in the rotation, but let's say they do get him, I would still prefer to see Pascal initially get that shot over Rudy Gay.
0: A lot of this obviously depends on whether or not Pascal develops that three point shot. Yep. I actually I, I talked to Pascal last week and he has been tasked almost exclusively with getting that three-point shot going. Um, and so uh, that's that's a huge priority for him this offseason. But you made a point that Rudy Gay might be too old for this Warriors roster. We'll talk about that next. This is Locked on Warriors.
1: Support for this podcast comes from the IT experts at CDW, people who get it. At CDW, we get the future workplace works differently.
0: Today's my first day back. Almost forgot what floor we were on.
1: Understandable, But with modern health and safety technology orchestrated by CDW, the future can work better. Technology like thermal screening and occupancy tracking enables employees to walk confidently into the office.
0: Wait, this isn't my floor. Is this even my building?
1: Even if it's been a while. IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash
0: future of work.
1: Today, every answer matters more than ever before.
0: And this is a conversation I think we've had in a lot of different versions. Um, Will like When it comes to what the Warriors are going to do this offseason, this is why I was always against them reacquiring Andre Iguadala. They got rid of Iguadala knowing they needed to get younger. They're not yeah. going to then retrade for an older Andre Iguadala. And I know that Iguadala is what he is in the playoffs. I know that he had that great play against Damian Lillard. Like I get it. Um, but during the regular season, he was not very good. And uh, the age was certainly there and the rust was accumulating and, or not the rust rather, but like just the wear and tear was accumulating. Um, And that's sort of the same thing with Rudy Gay, like Mm -hmm. going to be 34 years old next year. You don't, if you're the Warriors do the kind of go into the season, trying to get young and they didn't just get young because Steph Curry got hurt, right? This was a young roster period. They had as many guys, you know, 24 years old or younger on this roster, whether or not Steph was hurt or not. Uh, there was a, a very concerted youth movement and you don't do that. You don't undergo that. What, what was this season just to undo all of that work and get back to being old. Uh, and so I think that to me is, is sort of the red flag when it comes to maybe acquiring Rudy Gay is I, I have no doubt that he can be a, a contributor in the playoffs, but who knows what he looks like by then who knows how much he'll be able to contribute in an 82 game, regular season, like those are real concerns.
1: Yeah. And I think when it comes to guys uh his age, um with the Warriors, it's they would take the player, but on a minimum, you know, like look at David West, etc. Right. Uh they, they they're they're not completely against it, but they're it's not a priority at this moment. And so for the the money, I just don't see it happening. Um, but I you know, the the Hollinger piece about draymond potentially playing five and and you know someone someone else being the four um is really interesting i do think we'll see it i just don't think rudy gay is the best option for that for you know the
0: the way the warriors are trying to go by the way i agree with you it is a really interesting idea and maybe it's something steve needs to go to at some point Mm -hmm. i don't see them going to that oh out of the gate right i he does like you said favor having the the traditional five in there and then being able to go small later on and make that a part of his adjustments not his sort of starting unit exactly. um, I don't know that you want to go the other way and adjust by putting a traditional five in there um, It also largely depends on what happens in the draft like if they take a James Wiseman or a Nneka and Kung Wu, like now you've got a center that you've got to play um, yeah. and and you can't really start Ruby Gay in that point but um, would be an interesting guy to come off the bench, but is still limited if he's coming off the bench too. Like that's not really a person you want to slot in there at the three. You don't want him guarding threes or twos, right? You want him almost guarding exclusively fours and even some fives like he did yeah. in San Antonio this last year. So um, there are some versatility concerns with Rudy Gay if you bring him off the bench. Yeah, and that no, to me I'm, is tough.
1: I'm with you. He's a four or five at, at this point of his, his career. Um, solid rebounder. I will give him credit for that. He is a, a good rebounder for a guy who was – you know, played three his whole career. He's, he's right at about six rebounds a game. Um, so you know that that is an ability that allows him to play some more four. But again, just the age, just there's so many reasons why I would just if I was running the Warriors, I would look other places for the TPE. And you know, it's just uh, going in a different direction at this point. They got to build around Steph and Clay and those guys. I think with youth, and I I I, I we we've talked about. It. I think that's the way they're going too.
0: Yeah. And like we talked about last week, you know, Rudy Gay is maybe an option, but he's not plan A, he's not plan B, mm-hmm. he's probably, he's not plan C, right? But he's Absolutely. out there. And San Antonio has a lot of motivation to get it done. Like for me the Spurs, this is a year where they need to rebuild uh, Rudy Gay, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge. I don't know if either of them are playing for the Spurs next season, right? Like all of them could yeah, be on yeah. the table and uh, they, and they need to rebuild around, you know, Derek White and and all these other guys. They've got uh, Jakob Hurdle. And uh, I, I think that a lot of those guys can get moved. And if, they, if the Spurs do seek to move them, you know, Greg Popovich is going to call the Warriors about mm-hmm. maybe taking Rudy Gay into that trade exception. Um, the Warriors can afford to wait on that. Yeah. Uh, they've got, you know, free agency, like we said last week, uh, starts October 18th. And the traded player exception doesn't expire until October 24th. So that gives them a lot of days to go through options A, B, C, D, E, whatever, before maybe you end up at Rudy Gay, right? Because we could say, you know, there's so many better version, uh, better options for the TPE, but if those options dry up and, and Rudy Gay is sitting there at the end of the day, well, and then maybe they just sort of hold their nose and use the TPE in that, in that case.
1: Yeah, and another thing with Rudy Gay and uh, Olenek from last week is these are two guys that, that you could basically get for free just in the, that will be the, these teams most likely will, you know, a protected second rounder at most because they're looking to get off the money. So mm-hmm. that could also be a, a selling point where you could get a You could argue for, that
0: the Warriors could be asking for stuff from the San Antonio. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah like, I mean, the way the Warriors had to uh, they had to give the Mavs a second rounder to, to dump Bogut when they signed uh, uh, Kevin Durant. You know, you, yeah, you could mm-hmm. definitely make that argument that they'd want something in return.
0: Um. Okay. We So Rudy Gay today, you're not overly enthused about him. We talked yeah. about Olenek last week, uh, Ricky Rubio the week before, Justice Winslow the week before that. Um, it From last week, you still had Justice as number one on your TPE board from guys we talked about. Who's number one now? It's, uh,
1: you know, Justice. What are we, five weeks in? It's still Justice. Um, and most of it's because of the money. If Kelly Olenek was a $5 million player, I probably have him above Justice Winslow because, again, the injury concerns with Justice Winslow. But his fault, since Kelly Olynyk isn't; he's a twelve million dollars player. So I would go Justice Winslow. He's a wing, and uh, you know wings are important in today's NBA. So I feel bad for trashing Rudy Gay. Don't get me wrong; he's still a good player, <laughs> but just not 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 the right fit at this point
0: for the Warriors. Thanks to Charles for jumping on the show. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On Warriors on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please rate, review, and say nice things. You can send comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to me at wgoldberg at bayareanewsgroup.com. Thanks for listening and stay safe. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider.